Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Snaps. This is your favorite daily console podcast, or at least hope it's one of your favorites. I'm T-Bob Baby. He's Aaron Murray. And, uh, well, it's Wednesday, which means not only are we going to react to the first batch of college football playoff rankings, but we'll preview the rest of the big games this weekend, of course, Talking about a couple of 1v2 battles in the SEC, both on the East and the West. little Big 12 matchup that's got a little juice uh, in Texas-Kansas State. So it's going to be a very fun snaps. As always, we love for you to get involved. Come hang out. If you listen to a podcast, that's what's up. Hell yeah, that's cool. But if you ever want to come hang out with us live, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. We are live at 1 Eastern, noon Central, every single day. Aaron is fresh off the plane. The man never stops working. He was calling a Halloween night blizzard mm-hmm. game in Toledo last night. How you feeling, Aaron? Uh, a lot warmer now I'm back in Atlanta, which is still not very warm. We had a little bit of a cold spell here in, 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 in Georgia, but definitely nice to uh, not have to wake up and wait for my essentially entire rental car to dethaw itself for about 10 minutes. As I was stressing, I was going to miss my flight this morning back here. So uh, we made it. We're good. We're warm. And I literally just sat at my desk. I forgot to turn my lights on. So I need you to filibuster for two seconds while I go turn them on T-Bob. Yeah. Let's, uh, what's up, Christopher, Jimmy, BA, Wade, Greg, everybody else hanging out in the chat right now. Um, uh, let's see. Ohio State has more total punt yards and total rushing yards so far this season. Number one team in the country. Clown says Jimmy. Um, well, well, we'll get into that here in a second. And Greg says, ask snaps. Has Connor Stallions officially entered the college football lexicon? Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, he is up there with sliced bread. Like we said, he's in the Hall of Fame. Um, the latest, the Central Michigan drama mm. is just another beautiful wrinkle in case you miss it. Connor, there are alleged pictures of, uh, or no, well, the pictures aren't alleged. There are pictures are of pictures. a person who is allegedly 
Connor Stallions. And I got to give a shout out to our guy, Late Kick Josh. Did you see the thread that he had on the pictures, Aaron? No, I missed that one. Um, so the person that looks like Stallions, you can see him at night. He still has sunglasses on at night. And there's this weird little blue glare at the edge of it. Justin links these uh, Ray-Ban film Ooh. glasses that uh, look exactly like those. And uh, there's another screenshot of him with a plain white clipboard. He has Nike shoes that are altered to look like Adidas. I mean, this man really, just like his LinkedIn said, uh, it appears that he used all of his military background to straight up sneak onto the Michigan, the central Michigan sidelines and uh, scout Michigan State. As Jim McElwain was out there saying, look, we had no idea. We're putting it all together. This is I, I, Dobby says no way that's him. That would be crazy. I mean, I think it's absolutely him. Like, I I don't, if, if, if you look at all the videos of people overlaying his face with that face, like it's it's in my I, opinion, it's I him. know it's cheating. I know it's cheating. I posted about this yesterday, I think, but I absolutely love it. I really do. I find this whole thing so fascinating. I've never seen anyone love one school as much as Connor loves Michigan. It is it's it's unbelievable to go yeah, to that real extent. One. He is a real go blue, just like, man, he will be, he's a legend in the state. He should be. And, and if he does get fired or whatever it is, like someone better hire him from some big corporation in that state for, for all he's done for Michigan football. <laughs> yeah. Tommy's right. Dude, straight up using Marine intelligence to infiltrate <laughs> central Michigan. I mean, he has a big advantage, right? Central uh -huh. Michigan's not expecting a former military <laughs> veteran to James Bond their way onto the sideline to steal shitty ass Michigan state signals. Uh, uh, we, we get, we can talk about, uh, look, I, I want to talk playoff rankings. We can talk more about like punishment, what should be, should not be the case uh, a bit uh, later on. Um, all right, let's get into the playoff rankings though. We had the first, playoff rankings of the year and oh my god do i even have them brought up uh hold on mm. I have them somewhere. here we go here we go uh, number one ohio state number two uga number three michigan number four florida state washington as the lone undefeated <laughs> on the outside looking in at five and then oregon checking in at six texas seven bama eight oklahoma nine ole miss top mm. ten bit of a flex there Role yeah. miss. Um, Aaron, okay, so you see this top 10. What is the first thing that jumps off the page to you? Well, not surprised Ohio State's won. That's for sure. Like, like they they've they've played a tough schedule. They have the best resume right now. So, like, I agree. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, I was, you know, was were you gonna say, hey, Georgia, Florida was enough for you to say back-to-back -back champs? We'll we'll give you that number one spot. Uh, but I also wanted not have been mad if Ohio State was one either because I do think they've at least deserved it. What I have a, a problem with the entire thing is what is the criteria? Like what is the order of importance? Is it your resume, which by putting Ohio state at one, you kind of make that decision that yes, we, I think most people I'm back up for a I think most people when they watch Ohio state can say that that's not the best team in America. I really, I, I think there's a lot of confidence in that. I'm, I'm saying that like, that is not the best team in America. They, they wouldn't beat Georgia. They wouldn't beat Michigan. Hell, I don't even know if they'd be, beat Oregon. Good football team. Really good football team. Top five team. But you put them one because of the resume and because of who they'd be in. But yet, you put Georgia, Michigan, two, three, who haven't really played anyone, and then Florida State at four, who does have a better resume. So 
are you are you ranking teams based on resume or are you ranking them based on the fact that you think they're just elite when I'm talking about Georgia and Michigan here? So like I just if if Ohio State's one, then Florida State should be two in that case, right? Am I crazy to say that? And uh, one, Tommy, so so look, look. Here's the deal, Aaron. Is um you're you're falling into the fundamental trap that so many do, and it's not even a trap. This is all. It's not a. It's not a bug. Um, it's a feature, mm-hmm. and that is they don't want a consistent parameter here mm-hmm. like that's kind of the entire point of this thing since its inception right was wanting to get away from something like the bcs where it's it's just a well here's a pure formula and the computer's going to spit it out and that's going to be what the teams are no like the whole point of all of this is to use a poorly defined somewhat mm-hmm. vague amalgamation of different reasons to try to find what we as human beings believe to be the best four teams and so sometimes that's putting your thumb on the scale for deserving. Sometimes it's putting your thumb on the scale for what teams you just think look better. And again, that does make sense to me, though, mm-hmm. because you cannot like Ohio State, but objectively, they have the best two wins. And I'm just not going to reward teams that haven't challenged themselves over them here at the beginning. And so if that means that Ohio State gets the early nod or a little leeway, like I think that is right. Kind of with that in mind, my human interpretation, look, I think it's a little crazy that the Pac-12 can have six teams in the top 25, and then the the Pac-12 leader, the undefeated team, is on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I mean, me personally, I probably would have had um but but do you get I, get what I said though in the sense of like if you're gonna if you're gonna grant Ohio State one, you obviously are looking at the resume, then why is Florida State and Washington who have a better resume behind Georgia and Michigan then? Because it's just simply human saying that, yes, despite the fact that what you're saying is true, we think that Michigan and Georgia just look like better teams than those other two because Florida State struggled at times this year, even though they've been very hot lately. And they have Ohio the State struggled path. at times this year, too, though. Yeah but, they, but yeah, but they have the best two wins. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. Okay. Can, can we all stop with this fucking shit? Can we be honest about it? What? Beating the shit out of a bad team is easier than beating a good team. I would rather reward the teams that beat good teams and maybe have a but close Michigan game against hasn't. a bad team. But Michigan hasn't. So yeah, I know. That, no, I look, I I I I I know they haven't. That's what I'm saying. You, you keep, I, I you keep talking them. criteria, 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 but they did not or resume, resume, resume. No, what, what, I'm, saying, no, what I'm saying is there is no there is no criteria. I know there's no criteria. It's all just a mixture but of whatever. You're saying they right do. now that, that resume does mean something, yet you're perfectly okay with Georgia and Michigan being two three. Well, because Ohio State, for the most part, has two big wins, and they beat the shit out of everybody, and they've got you know they've got plenty of past success, and they've got NFL talent, guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Like, yeah, there's 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 more than enough reasons to make like Tyler Ben says. Let's be real here. In what world does Ohio State not get blown out by either of those three other teams? Like, come on, I don't fucking know what Georgia would do against Ohio State. Fuck out of here. If well, you think Georgia just roll, which State. is why I, don't I do, which I'm fine with going to do against Ohio State. We, which is why the you always say this T, like the, the the games have to matter, and right now Ohio State has played the games, which is why I'm perfectly fine with them being one. Like I can think that I know Georgia's the better football team than Ohio State, or Michigan's going to win in a few weeks. Like I think I know that. But we really don't. Like just because Ohio State's winning in a different fashion doesn't make that team uncapable yeah. of winning a game in Ann Arbor or winning a Big Ten championship or or winning in the playoffs. Like they are more than capable. Like that is a really good defense. 
It's not what we're used to seeing from Ohio State, but they have found ways to win big-time football games this season. And so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I just – I'm still stuck on, like, to me, Washington – I didn't even think about the fact that you brought up all the teams in the Pac-12 are undefeated. I know they even look great as of late. Florida State has some good wins on the resume. LSU win looks better and better, and that win may even look significantly better after this weekend. I know Clemson doesn't help the scenario, but they have better resumes. And I think for Florida State's sake, Florida State has had maybe, what, one bad game this season? But they still yeah, won. Yeah, Yeah, no, and they, and they beat the hell out of everybody else. No, look, yes. I'm – so this is the deal, though. I'm also not going to spend too much energy getting mad about one through five because let's be clear about how the table is set for November. Let's look at mm-hmm. Washington. They're going to play number 20 USC, number 18 Utah, number 16 Oregon State, and a Pac-12 championship game. Yep. You Washington controls their own destiny. Yes. UGA will play number 12 Mizzou, number 10 Ole Miss, number 17 Tennessee, plus an SEC championship game. Another, control your own destiny. Michigan will play two top 10 matchups. They got Purdue, but then Penn State, Maryland, then Ohio State. Again, They and, and let's be clear with Michigan. Also, it's going to be fascinating to watch them because they are going to have a massive magnifying glass on them I, after all of this sign-stealing drama about whether or not they're going to fail. And if they screw up, they will not get back in. And interestingly enough, Ohio State's actually kind of already done a lot of their work. Like, if you look at their November, it just comes down to Michigan for them. The only team, Aaron, that I would say that could potentially be in trouble, if, if somehow for once in, in in history, everybody won out, the only team that's in a weird spot here is FSU. They're kind of in the best spot because they have the easiest schedule. Like, even the, even the ACC championship game may not be against a ranked team, mm-hmm. but – in that same breath, they they have to finish this thing out. Like like, yep. and they should. I mean, they're at Pitt versus Miami yep. versus North Alabama at Florida, ACC championship against an OK team. FSU should be in this playoff, but they have no margin of error. Well, the, the, you you bring up and control your destiny. You you mentioned the, the top five. I think there's eleven of the top thirteen teams that control their own destiny right now. Like, there's eleven of them. Like you you take care of business. You you will be in the playoffs. Yeah, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon. Who I still think is going to be that team. Texas wins out, they're in. Alabama wins out, they're in. Oklahoma no, no, wins no, out, no, they're no, in. No, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Now, Big Twelve ain't in. Big Twelve's in a bad spot here. If the Big Twelve wins mm, out, you can sure. still have an undefeated Big Ten champion. The yeah, SEC okay. champion's going to get in. Florida ACC, State, like we Pac-12. said, has a relatively yep. easy path to going undefeated, and then Pac twelve. So, like, no, no. The Big 12 is the big loser here. Like, they're on the outside looking in due to them fucking around the last couple of weeks. True, true that. So take two out. But I think Missouri controls their own destiny. They do. And I think Louisville, possibly does. Ole Miss does as well, right? No, 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 no. No, Ole Miss does not because they lost Alabama. They would need Alabama to lose. My bad, my bad. So they technically do not control. You're right, you're right. Um. Yeah, but Mizzou there's does know. There's a lot going to into happen. Georgia and then having an SEC championship. So yeah. So I guess look, biggest picture takeaways. FSU really can't fuck this up because they're kind of in the playoff to me from mm-hmm. an ease of schedule standpoint. Like you're not gonna leapfrog FSU if they continue to look great and they just win out. Um, Washington will take care of itself. One of the Big Ten teams will drop out. And then uh, the Big Will 12 is kind Will of on know? the outside looking Will they in. Will they, Yeah, know? if Michigan loses, they're not getting back in. But, but, but and if, and if, if there's – I mean, 
if there's I know Ohio carnage, State as well. Ohio State doesn't look like they looked in the past few years. This is not like the overwhelmingly good Ohio State who just maybe only two lost teams, good Michigan. Only two teams have never made the play or made the playoffs ranked number one. It was Mississippi State, the first one, and then Tennessee t- last year. So obviously it can't happen. But getting that number one ranking initially for Ohio State kind of does somewhat set the table of if unique things do happen in the ACC or the Big 12, and say you have a couple losses to the Big 12, uh, and say Florida State does lose a game, that a competitive game in Ann Arbor and Ohio State's 11-1, and that they may still be in it when it's all said and done because they do have a better resume, better wins on the record than Florida State. A one, But you're saying if Florida State wins out? If Florida, I'm saying Florida State loses one. But then the Big 12 comes into play. Like a one-loss Big 12 champion. Well, and I mentioned in there too. If, if, if both teams in the Big 12 have two losses, which is possible this I weekend. don't I do not I look I know these things always go awry this feels like as good of a year as any where a team will not where a conference will not get two teams in no, uh, I, I will say this the the team that probably has the chance to play the biggest role of psychopath chaos agent is actually LSU because if you go beat Alabama this weekend and then you find mm. your way to Atlanta and then let's say you win <clears throat> The or or you could even say Alabama because if Alabama won the SEC championship, a two loss SEC champion kind of just fucks everything up. Because yeah, but I don't Illinois think one loss though. Well, no, Texas, um, oh, okay, okay. So th- th- in this scenario, this would be Alabama yeah. losing to LSU, but then still winning the West. Yes. Like whoever wins this game this weekend, if they beat Georgia and they end up with two losses somewhere along the line, then just keep it that's simple. If LSU, if LSU wins this game and LSU beats Georgia. With yeah. the Heisman Trophy, with a, with what we would perceive as the Heisman winner, Jaden Daniels, would you keep the SEC champ with the Heisman Trophy winner out of the playoffs? Yeah, that's, I think he's out, dude. I think I think a two loss team is out. I think the I think there will be out. stronger candidates. That's what I'm saying. So that's why LSU. That's why I'm calling them the biggest chaos yep. agents in all of this because they have a relatively clear path to just kind of fucking everything up. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's look, I, I think this is all fun again, guys go back to what we just said about November. Look at the schedules for Washington, UGA, Michigan, Ohio state, understand that this stuff's going to work themselves out. If you're a Florida state fan, this is such a funny time because again, it's God, your path is so clear. You just can't, you know, you how just long is Ohio state? Hold on to it. it up. Um, you think Georgia, if Georgia dominates Missouri this week, it flips after one week or it is going to take Georgia beating. Yeah. Missouri and Ole Miss. No, I, 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 I could see it flip. You know, and plus Ohio. I mean, Rutgers is not bad. Rutgers no, is six and two. The two Ohio State's got this weekend. So if Ohio State dominates, they probably hold on to it. I would imagine. But if it's close, maybe I. You know, I don't know. But again, this is just the initial rankings. I love how Kalen DeBoer said it, where they were trying to like bait him into getting upset about being outside the top four. He's like, well, eh, that's the initial rankings. Yeah, we got yeah. a target on our back. That's cool. We're gonna go out here. We're gonna. Kirby loves it. We're gonna have our opportunity. And have our opportunity to play. Yeah, Kirby's like, they thought you were gonna, they thought you were the second best team. Oh my God. What the fuck is wrong with them? I take, can't believe everybody. Take Georgia, you. baby. Was it minus 15, minus 16 right now? I wonder if that number's crept up at all. But uh, I'm kind of feeling it a little bit more now. We'll break that um, down. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, look, and I agree with this statement. All two lost teams are out, which means that. Louisville and I don't even and I think a one loss ACC is actually out as well so I only got Missouri Penn State Ole Miss Oklahoma Alabama Texas and Oregon 
as teams that have lost that could still potentially get in. Kind of a fun mm-hmm. grouping there, to be honest. Mm-hmm. All right, so look, there's your first playoff rankings. Uh, one last final side note here. Um, also, I would have put Florida State over Michigan, but whatever, that's fine. That's just me. Uh, no one should be more upset with their coach than Miami. I think it was a Heather Dennich piece in which she pointed this out. It's so true. Uh, they have wins over A&M and Clemson. Had they just knelt that ball, Miami would be 7-1. and one. They'd be in the top 15, and they maybe would have an outside shot at this thing. What? Instead, they're unranked. What, what is what is quick thoughts? I know we have to get to, to our, our game predictions. Uh, are you okay with Oklahoma behind Texas? I know that's been another hot topic. I mean, it, it feels stinky. Yeah. Because they lost the head-to-head. But Texas winning by double digits in Tuscaloosa um, is actually a stronger win than Oklahoma beating Texas. And one of the quirks about college football, we all know this, it's not just if you lose, it's when you lose. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and and that's weird, and it just is what it is, though. And yeah. so when you lose recently, yeah, you're going to get Well, it's not even so, lose. They've looked bad the past two weeks with the loss. Yeah. Of that, so No, matter. but exactly. But they also just lost. Yes. So when you just lose, you suffer the consequences. Recency like, bias, yep. When Ohio State wins the Natty in 2016, they overcome the Virginia Tech loss because it was the second game of the season. Mm-hmm. So it was a long time before then. All right, let's dive into some game previews, and let's start with the big one here, Aaron. Um the commissioner called me into his office yesterday. Been just drinking coffee, burning the candle at both ends, trying to solve this case. Commissioner called me and he said, son, give me your badge. Give me your gun. You're off the case. I don't know what to make of LSU Alabama, Aaron. I'm too close to it. Mm-hmm. I'm too close to it. I've got too much emotion tied in, too many family mm-hmm. members that are involved uh, in, in, in the investigation here. I just, I, I, because mm. you know how it is mm. when you love yep. something you love and hate there's such a thin dividing line they're two sides of the same coin so when you love something you also know its flaws more intimately than those on the outside and those tend to loom larger it's like it's it's yeah so i i i don't know i don't know Sh- should i be like yeah Jaden daniels is clearly better than Jalen milrow by a huge gap and this is the best offense in the country so like why wouldn't they go in the game yes but what i see is an LSU defense that has looked unfathomably bad at this mm. time and now just lost their All-American interior defensive lineman mm-hmm. is down to three freshman corners and a guy in St. Ryan who sucks at corner. It's just like I – so the weaknesses loom larger probably because yeah. I want I want the win so badly. So my fear is almost overwhelming my uh, my greed. Yeah, losing Wingo does not help. I mean, Alabama's what dead last when it comes to sacks given up this year, and, and LSU's, yeah. you know, third worst in the SEC when it comes to actually getting sacks. So, like, you take yeah. out one of your best guys to get out for the quarterback. Listen, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a game where you need your superstars to perform at a high level for LSU. Harold Perkins first on defense. You want to protect those DBs? Well, you put him in a situation where you did less coverage, more getting after the quarterback. Plain and simple. Like you've you've experimented this entire season with. Putting him at linebacker, putting him at nickel, letting him you know drop back and cover the pass. You got to let him loose. This is a game where your best players have to see ball go get ball. Harold Perkins, see ball, get ball, get after the quarterback. That's the way you protect your defense. You really see that? That's what that's what everybody keeps saying. I just don't know that I think getting after the quarterback matters. It does. Matter. Everybody's gotten after the quarterback and it hasn't mattered at all. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. if it's like a shootout. But, it's a so... shoot, but once again, like it hasn't mattered because teams haven't been able to score like LSU, though. That's the difference. That's true. Alabama that's true. Was that is the difference. Okay. In a position okay, I can, I can where like that. 
the game's not out of hand. Like Tennessee, it's a two-score game. They scored 75 in two plays, 75 yards, and it's a ball game all of a sudden. If you play like that versus LSU in the first half, LSU's up by three scores. That's the difference. So, like, I would be more willing to say we're going to play, you know, possibly a little bit more risky on the back end, knowing that Harold Perkins is going to make life living hell for, for, for Milrow. I would take that chance because if, if, if LSU just sits back and gives Milrow four or five seconds with those DBs, they're going to get their ass kicked in the back end. So I, I, this is Harold's game, and this is Jaden Daniels' game if LSU wants to win. You want to be the Heisman Trophy winner, you go out there and throw four or five touchdowns. If LSU gets to the mid-30s, they win. If it's a shootout, they win. If if they can't move the football or they're not as successful, if it's a you know 17 to 13 game in the first half, favors Alabama. That's a game that favors yeah. Alabama. Um, I did hear a little rumor here, and take it with a grain of salt, that Mike Denbrock was talking to one of like the local like touchdown clubs or something like that, like a school. And he said, and he literally and he I, I was told he said this. It feels crazy to me, but that he said, like, yeah, I think if we get 34. That will be good. That's to what go. I've been saying. Thirty-five. They get <laughs> no, yeah, no, good. I know. That's why I bring it up. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Like, like that's what it's going. It's it's just funny here. Coach just put a number on it. Uh, if he indeed did say that, I will say this. One thing again, being too close to the take case, so giving you kind mm-hmm. of a local angle on this. In the past, there's always been the idea that LSU has lost the bye week because. Uh, Nick Saban's staff and Nick Saban himself are vastly superior mm-hmm. to what LSU has had. Um, I don't know that that's the case under Brian Kelly. Now, definitely Nick Saban is still the the fly in the ointment, right? I mean, you're talking about the greatest coach of all time, and it's always hard to feel good about beating the greatest coach of all time. But like, I do think that Mike Denbrock is significantly better than Tommy Reese. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I've never really been that impressed with Kevin Steele. Uh, Matt House hasn't been great this year, but still, like I don't think Steele's anything necessarily to write home about. And then, although Nick Saban is definitely better than Brian Kelly overall resume wise, um, that's much closer than it was previous maybe against like a Les Miles or yep. previous coaches. So, so yeah, look, I, 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 um, I just, I'm it, just it going goes back to all like, Mad the- Max, Fury Road, take the Chrome, witness me. <sighs> I'm just fucking balls to the wall, cheering hoping for the best. I can't pretend to have any great analytical read on this. I'm too close to it. You are too close. Hopefully LSU finds a way to win. I still think it is it is unsustainable the way Alabama runs their offense. It is. It, 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 it's exciting. It, it keeps you in your, in your seats the entire football game because you're just waiting for that massive play. You're just waiting for Jalen to just buy that split extra second to be able to find a, a receiver down the field. And all of a sudden, bam, it's a 50 yard touchdown. Bam. It's a 60 yard touchdown. And yeah, like, is that possible for LSU secondary? A hundred percent it's possible, but it's just like a, it's like a, it's like a, a, a college basketball team like Alabama, who that's what their basketball team does, who lives and dies by the three pointer. If yeah. it ain't working, the whole thing just crumbles. It just it it it's 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 so unreliable. Like LSU's offense to me is so is the most reliable you can be because you can run the ball with Diggs, you can run the ball with Jaden, you have the best offensive line in the SEC, and you have the best receiving core in the SEC. You yeah, can look, win in multiple facets. Alabama's a one pitch guy. That's it. One pitch pitcher. It's it's a home yeah. run or it's it's a bust. It's a home run or it's a bust. There's 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 if you can make them actually drive the length of the field consistently. You're going to cause turnovers. You're going to cause mistakes. 
So is this the game where it finally bites Alabama in the butt? LSU fans hope so. Um, you got two weeks to prepare for the offense for LSU, and hopefully you got some guys some confidence during the bye week. I'm just I think LSU's offense, it comes out to me, LSU's offense is good enough to score points against anyone in this country. And maybe yeah. it won't be 40 or 50, but if they get to the mid to high 30s, they win the football game. Well, to me, if I do want to look at keys, uh, it's the LSU offensive line. And yep. it's because if you look at why AM, Ole Miss, and Tennessee all faltered to a man, as much as we could talk about Milrow and that offense getting going in the second half, it was more that they couldn't, all those three teams just, they couldn't do anything offensively mm-hmm. in the second half. The Alabama defense took over. And they did it mainly by winning in the trenches and so, and with that front seven. And so, um, LSU's offensive line, I think, is the best in the entire country. And so, you got to go earn that. You got to go yeah. prove that. And yeah. that's going to be the case. Uh, BB says, T Bob looks really worried. I'm not worried as much as I still am just in 24 7 debilitating pain. Um, that's, that's what's actually going, going on here. Uh, speaking of worried in a case that you may be too close to, mm-hmm. uh, well, actually, First off, let's say you want to go to T-Town this weekend. Um, it's going to be a big-time ticket. Uh, game day is going to be there. It's the night game. It's going to be fantastic. It is college football, okay? Well, guess what? You want tickets to the game? The best way to get them is to the Game Time app. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the United States, and Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money. This is through exclusive flash deals, sponsored deals on games, and concerts that go on daily. And how about this with zone deals? You pick the section and game time picks the seats. Big time saving. So like you just pick the section and they find you what the best deals within there. Also with the game time guarantee, you always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section of row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and redeem code snaps for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, enter code SNAPS, S-N-A-P-S, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So you could get um, you could get tickets to go to T-Town, or you get tickets to go to Athens and watch another battle hey. of 1v2. Like, we always knew LSU-Alabama was going to be good. I don't think we knew Mizzou-UGA uh, mm. was going to be this good. Uh, it's in Athens. UGA appears to be peaking. I'll start with this question, Aaron. How does UGA look to stop Brady Cook and Luther Burden, especially? Well, that's the interesting thing of uh, it's uh, Luther Burden and company and Brady Cook and Mookie Cooper and uh, Theo Weiss. Like they've been great this year. I mean, Luther Burden has been the maybe the best receiver in the country besides maybe the guys at LSU and, and obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. Like he's elite and he, and he plays in the slot, which is very unique for a lot of defenses to kind of have to you know not put your best corner on the best receiver. You're having to put a nickel on that receiver, but they've they've yet to face a capable secondary. Like if you look at Missouri's schedule, everyone they face has been pretty bad on the back end. But then you flip it over to Georgia, and I and I and and I I've been praising this defensive backfield the entire season. They have yet to face an offense that has the weapons that Missouri has. So yeah, this is going to be a first for both. Of way we really think we're an elite offense throwing the football. Hey, we think we're a really elite defense of stopping the pass. Well, finally we get to see that for the first true time for both these teams to kind of measure how good are you truly at that aspect of your game. So you know you look at Georgia's secondary. And Tyke Smith is incredible. He's coming off the best game of, of his career there at Georgia, a, a, a lockdown nickel. To support him on the back end are two All-American safeties, Javon Bullard and Malachi Starks. So 
if Georgia can be able to play a little bit more too high to protect the nickel and not give uh, Luther Burden a two-way go at the slot, I think that's going to go a long way. So for, for Missouri, the key is going to be, can you run the football? And this is a game where Brady Cook, who is kind of a little bit here and there, used his legs. Can he add the dynamic of running it to get yeah. one of those elite safeties again in the box and then give Luther Burden that one-on-one go against the nickel? Like That's going to be kind of the game plan, I would say, for Missouri early to get Georgia out of that too-high shell. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, when you're talking about Missouri running the football, Cody Schrader is the second leading rusher in the SEC. He's right mm-hmm. behind Ray Davis from Kentucky. He's not someone that's like going, you know, he's not an overwhelming physical talent. He's not like uh, someone that's just going to um, blow you away from like an NFL potential, everything, but he's been solid. He's a damn good yeah. college running back. And so that kind of makes sense as him being the engine that could potentially get Mizzou going. Um, what about when you flip it and you look at this Mizzou defense who I want to say they've been, let me ch- do a quick check here. Um, okay. Yeah. They've been all right this year. Mm, okay. Um, gave up points to Kansas state, gave up points to Memphis, gave up a lot of points to LSU. It's, 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 they and got now you have a Carson push. Beck that is starting yeah. to play more and more confidently, uh, week in and week out. It seems. I view Georgia's offense as just a slight downgrade from LSU's because of the fact that there's there's not truly a weakness on the offense. You have one of the top offensive lines in the country like LSU. You have a great running game that's finally kind of hit its gear right now uh, with two healthy running backs. You have really good playmakers on the outside, maybe not to the same degree as LSU, but you know you, you have the receivers and McConkey back is a huge plus, and we see what he did last week for Florida. And you have a you know first round talent at the quarterback position in Carson Beck. So like, how do you slow down this offense? You couldn't do it against other offenses out there. I think Missouri's yeah. defense is going to struggle. I think that's the biggest difference. Like, yeah, maybe you can score some points on offense, and maybe you can find a way to get some explosive with Luther Burden. But can you do it consistently? How'd they do it last year? How did so. how did how did Mizzou shut down Stetson Bennett in Georgia last year? I think it was a bad game. It was, it was, it was, it was, that's what I'm saying. Would, so it would take Carson, it would Beck take a bad day. Some sort of like, yeah, like there's nothing that we could have looked at on paper to see it coming, but maybe Beck just shows up and Blake Baker's put together some wrinkles or something that just like mm-hmm. confuses them. And it's just, and maybe you get some bad turnover luck mixed in. The bottom line is it feels like Mizzou's going to have to have quite a few things break their way yep. if they're going to go into Athens and come out with a win. Well, and I think, I think, I think. Last year too, it was it was in Como. It was a night game. It was an incredible environment. I mean, tremendous environment. Uh, I think I remember correctly. Jalen Carter gets hurt in the first possession, so you lose your star defensive player early on in the football game. Stetson was off. Uh, just it, everything kind of went right for Missouri, and Georgia still found a way to win. Yeah, Georgia's not going to take them lightly, and it's in Athens. I just think that that kind of leads to. It's it's a 15-point spread for a reason, 16-point spread for yeah, a reason. Yeah, I know. I know. We're there, trying to make it interesting. There, there's a massive gap in talent still. And I love Missouri. I love Eli. I love everything they're doing this year. That's a 9-win, 10-win football team when it's all said and done, which is an incredible season. But besides really Luther Burden, every other position on the football field leans towards Georgia. Yeah, let's be clear. If Kirby Smart loses this game at home, that's actually a really big black mark against mm-hmm. his resume. I mean, whatever. His resume is untouchable. But like... To your point, like you said, Luther Burden is the only person 
that would um, like start or play on Georgia's roster. Probably, I mean, that's a little, you know, I we could find a couple more, so maybe that's like a little uh, the over exaggerating, but kind of also not really. Uh, and, and again, they got the. You never want the full eye of Sauron. You've seen Lord of the Rings, right? You mm. never want Sauron's gaze fully <laughs> focused on you. You want it distracted. You want it watching the battle outside of the gates where you sneak in the back door and drop the ring in Mount Doom. That's what Mizzou did last year. They were Georgia wasn't really looking at him. They're kind of playing around looking here and there. All of a sudden, like, oh, shit, we're in a fight. Well, the mm. problem is now they're fully focused on you, mm -hmm. and you're going to their house. And so I just don't see it. All right, uh, we got one more game to break down. But first, a message from our friends at DraftKings. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports duty partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. Right now, new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, like it doesn't matter. You start the season with an instant dub. And always remember, the DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at an even bigger basketball wins so string together multiple bets in the same game or build a parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter bottom line is basketball is more fun when you're in on the action so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code tbob t-b-o-b new customers get $200 in bonus best instantly for betting just five dollars only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code T-Bob, T-B-O-B, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 or older. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. 
Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all. A uh, real quick couple minutes on the way out. Wait, here. wait before, before, before we start, before we start, everyone, yeah, hit, smash the like, hit the thumbs up. Yes, we appreciate it. Thank hit you. the like button, sub, please. Thank y'all so much. The road to AK continues. Let's uh, have ourselves a weekend, make it happen. Real quick, Texas, Kansas State. Um, Quinn Ewers likely still going to be out mm-hmm. here, meaning we're probably going to get Malik Murphy again. The mixed bag for Texas as Malik Murphy and them came out the gate strong last week and then kind of stalled for pretty much the entirety of the game. Aaron, you had some interesting research here where when you started breaking it down, you were actually feeling pretty bullish on a Kansas State upset. Where'd you end up here? Yeah, I was, man. And like I was watching watching some tape this morning. Go back and rewatching Malik Murphy from last week. And listen, Texas kept it pretty vanilla versus BYU, and it's his first start. So maybe there's some progress from week one to week two, but to be honest, like I wasn't super impressed. Forced a lot yeah. of footballs, uh, some mistakes. Obviously, it showed in that game and kind of kept it, you know, kept it somewhat close until so they kind of ran away with it. And, and and Jonathan Brooks was the key, and Jonathan Brooks will continue to have to be the key as, as Quinn Ewers is out. He's an absolute stud. So I'm like, kind of like, man, like Kansas State's playing good football right now. Texas backup quarterback that I don't love. They're gonna be one-dimensional. Can 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 Kansas State actually win this football game? So kind of did some digging. Kansas State home and away. It is the biggest difference I've seen all year. For, it's two different football teams. And here are the stats. Kansas State at home. Defensive points per game, nine. On the road, 27. That's how much they're giving up. Rushing defense yards per game, 89 at home. Only giving up 89 yards per game at home. On the road, 143. Total defensive Damn. yards per game at home, 285. On the road, 440. And then scoring offense. At home, they're getting 43 points per game. 
on the road, 29 points per game. So this is a deep, this is a football team that's really good at home. Not very good on the road, two different football teams. So uh, Texas is, is similar to what we just talked about with like with Georgia, Missouri, Texas is superior at the majority of the positions. They should win this game. I'd still have some reservations about Malik Murphy. Um, Jonathan Brooks is a, is an absolute beast, but this offensive line for Texas too this year has been kind of up and down. Like they've had great games like Alabama, then they've had kind of games where they've looked average. So I, I'm honestly I'm really torn. If, if if Quinn Ewers was playing going against that secondary for Kansas State, which is horrendous. I mean, Kansas State's secondary is awful. I think Texas would win by double digits, but Malik Murphy has to present a threat of throwing the football, or this is going to be a close game. I think Vegas has it around a four. So on a neutral site, they're kind of saying without Quinn Ewers, this is a coin toss. And I kind of think it is going to be a pretty damn close football game. So and I think I, it all lies on, on Malik Murphy's ability to throw the football. And I know that Sark got the big win in Tuscaloosa. I'm still not a Sark truster, dude. The quotes that he had this last week about how like impressive their Alabama win was, and he doesn't see a more impressive win. And like, why the fuck does Sark give? Why does he care where Texas is ranked in the first college football playoff ranking like what what do most alpha coaches do they just say oh, i don't care about any of that we're gonna go win the game we're gonna go be kansas yep. State. we're gonna be kansas State. it's all matter and he's out here still stumping you know i think i think we i don't i don't think anybody has a better win than us going into Tuscaloosa. like get the fuck out of here man focus on the game and talk. how about you beat kansas state so i mean that they have done i think four or five years in a row mm-hmm. so um because of everything you mentioned with the home and away splits, I'll give the nod to Texas at home, but that's kind of where I'm at with, well, no, I think UJ is going to blow out Mizzou, but like, that's kind of where I'm at with kind of LSU Alabama as well as so close in so many ways, but in Tuscaloosa in Austin is maybe the, uh, the, the difference there. Um, all right. That'll do it for today's show. Uh, a huge shout out to everybody for hanging out with us. We love you. Hey, remember coming up tomorrow won't be live, but we will have uh, our guy Colin Wilson with uh, some more gambling advice. Colin been making us money all season long, so you're not going to want to miss that. That'll be uploaded to the channel, and I'm hoping to get something live on Friday as well, maybe like a bit more of a chill stream, kind of a bit more conversational, hang out, look around things, questions, answers, all that. So um, <coughs> stick around and be ready for more of that, probably around Friday morning. Um Mac 34, I got in here late. Do they not do picks? I, we don't really do like traditional picks too much on this show, actually. Uh, but you know, we gave you our takes in the game, so go check them out. Love y'all so much. And uh, we, 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 we did give our picks. Like, I picked Georgia to win and LSU to no, win. No, no, I know, I know. But we don't do like, uh, we don't have like our, you know, our records for the season and like uh, everything else. But if you want gambling picks, you want to listen to Colin yeah, uh, tomorrow for sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all. Uh, okay. Please like, subscribe. The road to K continues. We love you, and we'll see you tomorrow on a brand new episode of Snaps. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. 
What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.